0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Off the Porpit. Uh, I'm Adam Ganey, And
1: I'm Grace. We're the pastors of Freedom Centre in New Zealand. We hope that this podcast empowers you, enriches you, and draws you closer to Jesus.
0: Hey, welcome to another episode, episode three yes. tre, of the podcast, Off the Porpit, uh, where we have real conversations about life, Jesus, mm-hmm. leadership, and anything else that comes up.
1: Welcome guys we're so excited to be having episode three today we're going to talk about five lessons we've learned from leading a growing church so we've been church leaders for the last nine years 10 years and I started leading when I was 22 As you were 27 so we've done a lot of growing up as we've been leading a church which is kind of fun.
0: What's that, that, you're building as you're sailing Yes, that that's the, something that Corey same? Turner said to us Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's
1: what we've been doing, right? Building as we've been sailing, growing up as we've been growing other people mm. um, So that's been fun So today we're just going to share five things we've learned Maybe not the full, you know, we've learned so many things And there's probably yep. other So things, much more to learn So much more But these are some five points we wanted to make to just encourage you, share with you And hopefully you can learn a lesson from this podcast instead of your own mistakes Hallelujah yeah, that someone once
0: said you can either <laughs> learn lessons from other people's mistakes mm. or walk through them yourself. Oof. And I would rather just learn from other people's mistakes. That's and it. we've done a lot of learning from other people's mistakes. Yeah. And so hopefully we can do the same thing for us. Yes,
1: both. definitely. Okay, so the first one is number one, it's just you and Jesus.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: the biggest thing that you could probably take away from this as a leader. Mm. You know, um, you've got to lead from a place of overflow.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, I would say this is – you know, in, in ministry, I think some of the the people that are under attack the most and fall into a trap – of not spending time with Jesus. Mm. Funny enough, most people think that you know if you're a pastor, you just get paid to sit with the Lord all day. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> you you are so busy ministering to the needs of the church that yep. actually it's quite hard to yep. find that time and be consistent. Yep. And so um and so in previous years I've fallen into that trap mm. um of of ministering out of a place of flesh yeah, uh, and not out of overflow. So mm-hmm. yeah, huge, huge lesson. You've just yeah. got to rearrange your life. Yep. Um, You've got to be diligent about it. You've got to be able to walk with the Holy spirit everywhere you go. And we can yep. talk about how we do that, but everyone's got to find their own flow there. Um, uh, yeah. Ministering out of a place of overflow yep. and uh, yeah, it's at the end of the day. And, and here's something that I think is the top lesson for me as a son of God my identity is not in what I do. My identity is in who I am in Christ, yeah. and so who I am is a son of God. And mm. whether I in uh, leading a church or running a business or whatever, or just sitting on my tush doing mm. nothing, I am mm. still a son of God. My yeah. identity doesn't come from what I do; it comes yeah. from who. He is in me. So um, the moment we put ministry in that identity bucket, uh, we lose out. Uh, Your assignment from God comes and goes. You could be doing one thing today and not doing it tomorrow. We've got to be okay with that because your assignment is not your identity. It's just Mm. what God has assigned you to do in that given season. So yeah, uh, learning to um, come at it as a place of a son Mm. rather than a pastor. Yeah, Pastor is just what I do right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But... At the end of the day, we are sons and daughters of God. Yep. And uh, yeah, making sure that relationship with the Lord is of utmost priority, is yeah. going to keep you in a healthy and safe place. Yeah. I would say that it will protect you from burnout.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and if I'm honest, when I'm feeling tired, when I'm feeling overworked, it's just because I've let go of an area of my personal devotional... Yep prayer time with yeah. the Lord.
1: I think that burnout isn't always an over scheduled life. I think often burnout is mm-hmm. that your soul isn't being replenished. And yeah. I think so much of the time as as people who have high output, you're preaching, you're, you know, you're creating content, you're doing whatever you're doing in, in a spiritual way that often the only time you're spending with the Lord is for the purpose of creating yeah. content for something or dangerous. preaching a message. Very dangerous. And so you end up not really being refilled. Now, have you heard of this new, kind of new thing around, babe? It's called imposter syndrome. Have you heard of it? No, I have So this is a no. new thing. Like, you know, we've got all these new terms now that we like to label everything. But this is what it is and I felt like it's relevant to this. Imposter syndrome is a psychological occurrence in which people doubt their skills, talents or accomplishments and have a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as frauds. So a lot of people mm say, I feel like I've got imposter syndrome. I think if you're a church leader, if you're someone who is doing something where you're having to minister to other people, maybe even in a small group context, whatever, I think often this is a feeling that actually might be real for you, that if you're only ever seeking the Lord for what you're giving someone else, you'll feel like an imposter Mm, because you're not actually genuinely connecting Uh with God for yourself. And I have done this a lot in my time as a leader. I mean, I was 22 years old. I had this season of having all my kids. You know, I wasn't spending time with the Lord and refueling myself in my intimacy with him. It was just, hey, you you got to preach. And sometimes I had to preach and I hadn't even been in the room for six weeks because I was outside with my babies in the foyer so I'm not even in church and now I've got to preach a message, you know. So it was just a dry season for yeah, me. Yeah, before we
0: actually had a mum's room. And yeah, kids, yeah was I was just crazy. outside
1: with all these screaming kids and then it's like, oh, I'm up. What are we even talking about? Like, you know, yeah, like yeah. Well, how do you even preach? So, yeah, it's so much about having intimacy with Jesus for yourself and ministering mm. from that place. It's so important. Um, if you take anything out of this, if you're a leader, it's got to be that, right? Don't just, mm-hmm. Don't only receive from God because you're giving it away because you'll start mm. to feel like an imposter. Um, the next one, and I think a really powerful one for people with families, people who are married, is spend your time well. Mm-hmm. So I think often we have this conversation about, you know, be careful with how you invest your time. Make sure you have time for your marriage. Make sure you have time. This is good. It's a yeah, great point. Absolutely. But I think more than that is is are you being present? In whatever it is you're doing, are you actually present? Because we can go to bed at night and watch a movie and not really speak and not really connect. And yes, mm-hmm. we've spent two hours together, but are we actually connecting with each yep. other? No, we're not. I can ha- be around my children, scrolling my phone, doing housework, whatever. But that's those two hours of that are less fruitful than 10 minutes one-on-one with each mm-hmm. of those kids, mm-hmm. listening to them, talking to them. Yep. So I think often the problem isn't we don't have enough time. The problem is we're not using our time well. 100%. Yeah.
0: 100%. I, I, I don't buy into the we don't have enough time. Mm. I think if we looked at people's schedules, and we all looked at our own schedules, we'd find we've got plenty of time. Yeah, we waste it doing so many other things. Yep. And uh, another part of that is just productivity. Like you, you can do what you're doing in probably a third of the time that you're doing it in. Yeah. And so there's all those conversations as well. But yeah, I, I think it's a really um, it's a really hard conversation. You mm. you taught on this recently uh that you know there's this balance right there is a cost to following jesus yeah he says you've got to love me more than your your mother your father your brothers your sisters your kids even more than your own life mm. now some people take that so far to say that you know ministry and what God has called me to do um, is actually takes precedence over everything else. I mm. think that's a really bad view of what the kingdom of God is because yep. you're separating ministry and family and friends when actually when you understand the kingdom, all of its ministry, the moment I gave my life to Jesus, I became a full-time minister of the gospel. Mm. And so when I'm looking after my kids I'm expanding the kingdom. Yep. I'm in ministry. Yep. When I'm loving my wife, which happens to be you, uh, I, I'm, I'm in the kingdom. It's yep. not like it's separate. It's not like it's you know you're turning it on or off. Yep. When I'm ministering to the people that God has has given me to look after, yep. um, it, it, it's it's ministry. It's all ministry. Yep. And, and so, if we understand the kingdom, we understand that all of it is kingdom work. Yes. And uh, so it's, it's really hard. I think it's a real individual basis. The Bible does talk about some are 30, some are 60, and some are 100. So some have a capacity that, you know, you couldn't stop them from doing things for, mm-hmm. for the Lord. You tell them to rest all you want, and they're never going to do it, even mm-hmm. though they should rest. And I'm a big believer in rest. I think the pendulum has swung too far the other way, and yep. we're telling people to rest more than they're doing things for Jesus. Yep. And it's like, you know, I had a conversation with somebody, you know. I just feel burnt out because I'm, you know, doing this setup thing for 20 minutes a day, uh, 20 minutes a week. Mm. Like, actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People go to work for ten and twelve hours a day in a factory and do that you know for mm-hmm. money. But actually, it's like as soon as we do something for Jesus, some people uh, yeah. we got great people, but some people are just like oh, I'm burnt out. Yeah. Oh, are you burnt out? Like what's how are you burnt out? Like mm-hmm. let's let's discuss this. What are you actually doing with your life? Let's mm-hmm. have some conversations around that. Yeah. Um, we want to be fruitful. There are times and seasons where the ministry calls to sacrifice Mm. time with family. The ministry calls to sacrifice time with your wife, your husband, your kids, but, not ever neglecting them. You've got to recognize yeah. the season. You've got to be walking with the Lord, having constant communication with your family about mm-hmm. what's going on. Um, you know, have having great holidays planned. All of that stuff is super important. Yeah. Um, I just don't think there's any one kind of answer. I know that for myself, I've gone, to, you know, when we first moved here, I was working at BMW six days a week. Yeah. Um, you know, when the church was very small mm. and, uh, you know, I was everything, you know, you were in Kidland, And so yeah. I was the pastor, the youth pastor, the cleaner, the janitor, the counselor, the, you know, yeah. the, everything that needed to be done in church life. And I was more burnt out when we had 50 people than when yeah. we, we are now. Yeah. So I, I think um, it's really about recognizing the season that yeah. you're in. Um, and being able to live in that season and do life well. We tell our leaders all the time, are you spending enough time with your wife, enough time with your husband, enough time with your mm-hmm. kids? Are you going on holidays? Are you breaking? Right now we're in a stretching season, right? Things mm-hmm. are growing really quickly. We're adding services. We're planting new locations. So there are seasons we've got to recognize, hey, we're just going to put our heads down and do this thing for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times it's like, okay, let's re prioritize here what's going on mm-hmm. how much output do i have am i filling myself up yeah like number one uh, lesson that we learned because i find that when i'm full i can overflow jesus was busy mm. he was busy man his day was full yeah he rested well yep. he ministered well he worked well i think when we put too much emphasis on ministry we get out of whack when we put too much emphasis on rest we get out of whack there's yep. a biblical a balance. balance there
1: yeah and i think that it's you know it's about like doing what you can to do this long-term, right? Like we're here for the long haul. We say this to our leaders all the time. We don't want you to run hard for two years and then say, oh, I can't do this anymore, look after your marriage look after your children we bring our kids into everything we can ministry wise yeah. our kids are not separate to our ministry they're there on a sunday you know they're serving in kids church they're on the welcome team like they're a part of it and everything we can bring them to yeah. like someone invites us for dinner you know we've got all kinds of things happening we go to a conference everything we can bring them to we bring them to yeah. because we don't want them to feel like they were separate to our ministry life or separate to the church mm. because we want them to grow up with a healthy connection to mm-hmm. the people in church, to what God's doing. When we come home and celebrate with them, this is what happened today. God did this. God did this. They have a part to play in that. Yeah. And they get to assume and take on the the, the wins that we yeah. have in ministry. Yeah. I think sometimes we make it way too mm. separate. But I think if at the end of your ministry, when all of that's said and done, you don't have a healthy family and good relationships with your kids... Then your balance was off. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not fruitful ministry if you walk out of it without your marriage or your family. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to bring those things together. But at the same time, not this, you know, it's either or. It absolutely isn't either or. We can have a healthy marriage with a really full schedule and a growing church and three young kids. We just have to spend our time intentionally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes we get that right and sometimes we get that wrong. For sure absolutely yep, definitely. Uh, number three we've got here be genuine in your love for people i'm going to yeah. throw it to you okay. have your little drink of water no,
1: that's okay <laughs> yeah.
0: uh What do you mean by that? Be genuine in your love for people.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of church lingo out there where we know what to say to kind of onboard people and, you know, we we want people to get involved. We want people to even just come to church, be a part of what's happening. But I think at the end of the day, people are very, very good at sensing your real motive. Mm -hmm. So if you genuinely love people, Like you are talking to them after church because you genuinely care about them, not because, well, I have to and I'm the pastor and, you know, I want them to join this team or I need this from them. We can't treat people like an object that somehow serves our ultimate goal. We have to actually genuinely care about them. We have to really love people. And, you know, actually connect with them in a real and genuine way. So I think that that's the biggest thing is that don't underestimate how easily people can pick up on Mm. your motive behind Mm. what you're saying, behind the action that you're taking. People do see your heart. So we have to find a way to actually love the people that we minister to And for some of us, that's easy, right? Like, man, we just love people. But I think often, you know, we grow to a place. And I honestly think a lot of the time in leadership, it's because of disappointment, hurt. You know, you sow into people, they leave. You reach this point at which your heart struggles with genuinely loving people. So we've got to find a way to stay soft in our hearts. You know, they say thick skin, soft heart. Mm. We've got to stay soft in our hearts. We can't let our hearts harden toward people because they can sense that hardness Mm. and they need to feel genuinely
0: loved. Yeah, yeah, so the Bible talks about that. It's, it says, mm-hmm. love one another with a deep affection. Some translations say, Genuinely love one another. Yeah. So that tells me that there's a way to ingenuinely love one another. Yeah. Like I can say the right things, I can talk the right talk, but yeah. actually my heart isn't for you. Yeah. And that's something that happens in prayer. Yeah. That's something that happens. Uh. You know when you're when you're praying for people, when you're genuinely loving people, and uh, yeah, I think I think that's true. Like genuinely caring for people, genuinely loving them, genuinely trying to put them first, mm. and and have their best interests at heart has been a big leadership lesson for us. Hey, yeah, massive. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So the next one is never accept criticism from someone who has no proximity to you. Mm. And this is a massive, this has been a huge lesson for me because, you know, I don't deal with criticism well, haven't dealt with (laughs) criticism. Well, I'm better now, but man, honestly, dealing with criticism was for sure the hardest thing. Deep down, I'm a people pleaser. Mm. I want everybody to like me. I want everybody (laughs) to be happy with me. I don't want beef with anyone. I can't live with having beef with people. Like that was my place. Whereas you're very resilient to this kind of thing. And naturally kind of just water off a duck's back, no big deal for you. Whereas for me, those, you know, having Mm. that kind of conflict with people has Mm. been the hardest thing. And even just anyone speaking and saying, you know, this wasn't right or, you know, maybe you're not a very good leader. Like they're the kind of things that really weighed me down and Mm. at times took me out like in my self-confidence for like a year Mm. at a time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One chat
1: with someone and I was like for a year like battling like I'm not a good leader, <laughs> you know. So that's been really hard for me. But this was a real revelation. Um, and I heard Yeah, this talk through. to us about that. Yeah. So this was through a podcast. I had had a season, you know, there's always someone with something to say. So it isn't that. It's mm-hmm. not that someone has an opinion of you. I mean if you're on the internet, people have opinions of you, right. It's not a big deal. It's when people who I think appear to be close to you or perhaps you've been close with, people that you think know you who like – come out with opinions that hurt you. As a leader, that's hard. That's really hurtful. Um, so I think that for me, the lesson was, who are the people close enough to me in my world to to actually know me enough to be able to say, Grace, you didn't, you didn't do this right. Your motive wasn't right. This isn't good. This is good. There has to be a level of proximity there in order for those people to be able to make a judgment call. So it kind of came out of a situation where there'd been some criticisms of us that were from people who they might have appeared to be close to us, but they actually weren't to the point where like, I don't think you know me well enough for me to take on your criticism. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, do you really know me? So if Adam, if you're going to come to me and you're going to say, Grace, you know, this wasn't right. You're my husband. You know me. My close friends who I do ministry with, who I do life with, they know me. My oversight, people that I lead under, like those are the opinions that I should allow to refine me because we all have lessons to learn. We can all grow. So Mm. I'm not opposed to being told, hey, that wasn't right. Do it differently. It's just whose voices am I listening to? Great. Because often the critical voices that come into your world are not close enough to you to actually know you.
0: Yeah, so I think the key there really, if you wouldn't go to them for wise counsel, you wouldn't go to somebody for advice and you don't want to be where they are in life, then don't take criticism from them. Yeah. And it's not that don't take, like the Bible's clear about taking rebukes and Mm -hmm. a wise person loves a rebuke. But We're we're not talking about a genuine, you know, a a rebuke from a friend, which the Bible is clear, that's a good thing. And a real friend will rebuke you, will actually correct you. Mm. And if you've got friends that are just like always patting you on the back and never coming to you with anything, then I would consider, are they really good friends or are you just an amazing human being that never does anything wrong? (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think – we're talking about criticism here. We're not talking about correction. We really are. We're talking about criticism. criticism.
1: Yeah. Harsh words. And I think, I mean, you're someone who's really resilient to this kind of thing. Mm. So if someone comes along and makes a comment, says, you know, you're this or that and makes a criticism of you, how is it that that doesn't really affect you?
0: Uh, I just made a decision early on that God's opinion is the only opinion that matters to me. Mm. And that's really, as as far as it goes, yep. I, I don't really, I'm a simple guy, man. Like, I believe <laughs> things really simply. Like, yeah. God's opinion of me is the only opinion that really matters and right. the only one that defines me, who I am. Mm. And so God bless you for your criticism. But, um, you know, you can send me a, a, an email from a random email address and you know, I look at your, or, you know, you DM me with some kind of criticism, but mm. I look at your profile and you've got zero followers and you're hiding behind mm. someone else's pi- uh, I'm not even going to finish reading yeah. that thing, let alone reply to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to take the criticism. But if, like you said, if somebody who's important to me comes and 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 has something to say, then I'm all ears because we want to grow. Yeah. But I think, yeah, for you, I've watched you. I've watched you really be wounded and hurt by the yeah. criticism and the opinions of others. Yeah. Um, and you've had to grow in that, whereas it just hasn't been a struggle for me. But um, yeah, I think as a leader, as anybody, really, as a follower of Jesus, can I just say, you're going to be criticized. Yeah. You're going to be criticized for your faith. You're going to be criticized for what you believe, how you react, what you're believing for. All of those things are mm. opening up the door to criticism. Um and negative voices in your life but you've got to have the opinion of the father as the most important opinion in your life and you'll get through it mm. you really will and um you know choosing who you're going to listen to Putting people in your life, I would even say that you give the right to speak into you. Like genuinely just saying to people, we've got people all the yeah. time that we say, hey, speak into our lives. Yeah. Speak to us about our marriage. Speak to us about our ministry. We want to hear your opinion. We want to hear your, your correction and your encouragement. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's super important. Yeah. Is this the only way we grow? Because we all have blind spots, right? Yes. I've got absolutely. things that I don't see that I do. Yeah um and you've got things that you don't see that you do and so all of us need somebody who's going to point out our blind spots
1: yeah and i think that if you're going to be in any kind of leadership or like you said even just a follower of jesus within your marriage within your relationships you cannot afford to be a wounded person mm. because a wounded person falls into a victim mentality and that's just going to hold you back from the call of god on your life and if i as a leader can't grow to a place where i can just like I can hear that criticism Mm. and deal with it and not allow it to wound me. Otherwise, five years from now, honestly... I'm not going to be doing ministry anymore. Because the problem is I feel like there's always criticism, right? There's always something. So there's one and then there's another and then there's another. And if you don't actually get rid of these things, it builds up to being this huge wall that you put around yourself and you can't minister to anyone from Mm. that place. You can't genuinely love people like we said because you're so hurt and you're so wounded as a leader that actually it's going to be a barrier to what God can do in your ministry, what he can do even in the room, right? When we're dealing with all this hurt and tension, we actually have to – like grow up and say this is my problem to deal with. Yeah. Yes, they shouldn't have said that. Take da, 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 responsibility for things. what
0: you need to take responsibility for. Yeah, I have for. to
1: like get my part in this is to deal uh-huh. with my heart and yep. to get some thicker skin and get some resilience and go to the Lord and actually receive his word over me. Yeah. And not be a wounded person. Because that's right. the default there is mm-hmm. I just walk around, I'm her. People have said things about me. <laughs> you know, but people have. But actually I can forgive those people yeah. and step into who God's called me to be. So it's really just growing into that place of maturity. And I think that not, able, not being able to do that is a lack of maturity on me as a leader. And yeah. I've walked that journey, man. Like I can say that that has been my story. Mm. And the Lord's brought me to a place where I can handle that now. But it's been mm. a really big lesson and a very hard road. Mm-hmm. But you've got to just push through that. You've got to just kind of accept this is part of the course when you're in leadership. Yep. So you just got to deal with it. Like don't try to be the kind of leader who never gets criticized. You're just going to fail.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's not the solution. Absolutely. Last yeah. one, uh, don't build your ministry, build people. So, yeah. you know, this is a this is a, a lesson or maybe something that we live by. Mm. Uh, we try our best to live by anyway. You can very, very quickly, like you mentioned before, people can sense your motives. And if you're trying to build your ministry, if people come to our church all the time, right, I'm this, I'm apostle this, I'm prophet that, and, you know, I do this and I move in deliver. I, 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 mm. I. And what they're trying, what they're really saying is give me a space for my ministry. I have a real problem with that simply because you've now automatically told me that your ministry Mm -hmm. is the most important thing here whereas ministering to people... And Jesus should be the most important thing. Yes, Uh, it's not about me, you know, using my gifts, being this big shot. Like you've got to be about people, the transformation of people, introducing people to Jesus, connecting people with the voice of God and the presence of God. And and so, and so, when we try and build our ministry, we try and get a platform, we try and push our way through. Hey, can you let me speak here? Can you? No, 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 no. Mm. Let the Lord elevate you. It says, though, he who is humble, the Lord will exalt. So I don't need to push my ministry. My goal isn't a ministry. Anyway, my goal isn't a platform. My goal is Jesus. My goal is loving my wife well, my my kids well, leading Mm. a church well, loving Jesus well. It's the first commandment, right? Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love others as yourself. Mm. That's the goal. The goal isn't platform. No. The goal is none of that, those Mm. things. And the moment we start to try and I need to be used my thing, man, it's, dangerous place to be we're so about this in the west and i'm so passionate about coming after it Mm. um man we've got to get our priorities straight so you know as as a church pastor as anybody you're trying to grow a business man don't like invest into your employees Mm. invest into the people build people build big people in christ and your ministry will grow as one of the many uh, fruits mm. of building big people. Yep. And so, you know, we want people to flourish. We want people to step into the call of God. We want them to be full of faith, take risk, hear God. All of those wonderful things yep. fall in love with Jesus. And if we can just build big people, yep. um, I think ministry will flow yep. uh, as, as a side benefit. Yeah. But the goal is people. The goal isn't not to manipulate people and build people so that the ultimate goal of having a platform mm. will happen. No, 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 no. I'm here to build people. That's yep. it. Yep. I'm here to build the the, the name of Jesus yep. that's it that is the goal yep And that should never change.
1: Yeah. And I think the other side of that too is as leaders trying to raise up other leaders. Like you're trying, you know, you need gaps need to be filled, right? There's positions, there's, especially as the church grows, the layers of leadership just go up and up and up and there's all these places. And so I think we spent time in the first few years building a church by saying, hey, could you help us? Could you help us? Could you do this thing? Could you do this thing? And people would do it out of their love for you. They'll Mm. do it out of their commitment to you and the vision you carry and whatever. But eventually they'll put it down again. Yeah the best thing we can do is find out what are people called to and how do we make room for them to do that here? So that way they're doing what they ultimately want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we've even recently transitioned our ministry school to a couple who are called to raise up leaders. They're called to teach. They're called to do exactly what they're doing. So that level of pressure off of us, Mm -hmm. not because we released this big piece of work, but because we were able to release them into the ultimate call of God on their life. They do it 600 times (laughs) better than we ever could. They honestly do. And partnering with what God already put in them, is actually so much better for the body than trying to ask people, can you do me a favor? Mm -hmm. Can you sit in this thing? So when you're trying to raise people up, stop trying to fill your own gaps. Stop trying to just get people to do things because they need to be done and find out what is in this person and how Mm. can I find a place for them to do what they've been made to do. Yeah, That's the best way to build a church and build a leadership team. And we had to learn that with a few falling overs, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. We say this because we've done it wrong.
1: We've done it so wrong. Mm. And, you know, people who just love you and they fill the gaps for you, that's great, but it all hinges on their love for you. Mm -hmm. So you do the wrong thing, you let those people down and suddenly all these cogs are a compromise. Like you're like, oh, how do we fix this now? But if you're doing it because God's called you to it, then you're going to do it no matter what. You're going to do it through the ups and the downs. Yeah. You're in your place, mm-hmm. so that's you know the goal of raising up people to be who God made them to be, not to be something to fill a gap for us. I think that's the best mind shift, like mind shift we can make mm. as leaders raising up leaders. Yeah. So if absolutely. you're if you're leading a church, if you're building something, find people called to do that gap, Great. that thing. Don't try to just ask them. So, so anyway, good. There's some of the lessons we've learned. We hope that that's helpful. We hope that that's blessed you. You know, yeah. look after your family, lead well serve well serve jesus well love him and be intimate with him above anything else yeah i guess just some things that we've picked up in the last 10 years yeah
0: god bless you (laughs) hope you hope it's helped you and we'll see you at the next episode see
1: you on the next pod